0: Hi, and thanks for downloading the second full episode of The Photographer Podcast with myself, Adam Juniper, Tanya Nagar, and this week we're joined by Joe Carter. I want to call him Joseph Carter, because josephcarter.com is where you'll find him online. Joe is a gig photographer based in Brighton, which is a city that is either one hour or ten hours from London, depending on Southern Rail's moods. and we'll ask him properly about what he does after we've covered this month's news. Uh, so, I read that uh, Sony now think that they're going to be number one in cameras by 2021, which is just three years away. Does anyone else shoot on Sony? I do. I
1: don't currently. I don't? I have, I have plans to. Do you
2: do really? have plans
1: to? Yeah, I've, I've tried out a few Sony cameras and I think they're good. Yeah,
0: what was I mean? So I mean, you're currently being recorded on a Sony camera as well as another for the video oh, yeah. version of the podcast. Yes, um, the battery of which will run out about twelve minutes, in, <laughs> but we'll get some nice, <laughs> nice shots of the video. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you find sort of working with a, an electronic viewfinder, though? We assuming it's, you were working.
1: With? It's ordered first, but I mean the. the It's not particularly a move to Sony for me, or or won't be a move to Sony. It's just uh, adding it to my collection, I suppose. I get asked to do quite a lot of video stuff, and Sony is very good for video. This isn't an advert for Sony, by the way, for anyone who's listening. I'm not not paid by the corporation. Um, I just found them quite easy to work with uh, for editing.
2: But do you really think they'll be number one, whatever number one means, in... What two years time? Three years time?
1: Well, what does number one refer to? Is that is that the most highest selling, highest profit? Well, this is
2: it, and I I can't see it happening. Can't I can't mean, see
1: unit sales, um,
0: or most money made in in photography. Yeah, um, feel like I should have read this story in more detail. So <laughs> I knew if there was a specific target, sure. But I guess Sony might do more compacts. Yeah,
1: and maybe. Some people still buy compact cameras. Oh, I t- is there really a market oh, for compact I don't cameras think there anymore? there is. It's all with, phone, right? With the level of the quality of phone camera you can get now. I think it's that's true. Strong.
0: But then there are... Um, I know the Sony have... And we did promise this podcast wouldn't get too techy, but they do have 4K compact cameras yeah. that produce usable video, which mm-hmm. is excessively priced. So maybe if you count that and you count the sort of... Maybe the advantage they have in selling bodies um, because people are going, ooh, exciting new body, whereas if you're a Canon or a Nikon exciting person... Exciting new body? do <laughs> like that. It will be number one. Is that their, <laughs> yeah.
1: that, that's their plan. Yeah. That, that should be the strategy. I guess mirrorless cameras are kind of a compact DSLR anyway, aren't they? In-
2: yeah. I think what it's going to do is drum up competition and there'll be more... Yeah, I think there'll be more competition to try and come out with something even better. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. You're saying, that, you're saying that
0: Canon and Nikon might not forget that they also make cameras.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. But I, I just can't see... I just don't know. Maybe I'm just being really traditional then, thinking, right, from an SLR perspective, would you really move over to Sony? I mean, you're saying you would for video purposes. Yeah. But the general... Photo- I don't know.
1: They come out with some crazy technology. Yeah. And I mean, you're combining what? that.
0: Day in day out, you're being asked to. I mean, I guess you're asked to produce video as
1: well as. Yeah, pretty much.
0: People expect.
1: And the same music person. videos as well. So, and you know, that's that's kind of high production value, not just kind of documentary, gig videos, that kind of thing. So, if you can get a camera, you know, for two thousand pounds, it can give you that kind of quality. It's a bit of a no-brainer. And for me, I don't feel like there are is any other competition to sony for that kind of price range and the quality you can get it's,
0: it's funny only a few years ago i was picking up um, a canon 7d because yeah. the argument at the time was this is the only yeah yeah <laughs> camera. yeah and how quickly <laughs> things yeah, change yeah. the for exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, it's mad well so are sony gonna make it come on let's yes or no
1: uh i'm gonna vote no I'll give them a yes.
0: Contrary I, to what I just yes. said. I don't, I, just, I
2: don't know. Well, in three years' time, <laughs> I don't want to come give... back in this room and... Yeah, I'll meet you back <laughs> here in
1: three years and we can see. And uh, whoever Take guessed this. correctly you can we'll, get a Sony we'll, camera.
0: We'll, <laughs> we'll give them a coffee from them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, second on the list, um, since we're all in London, f- the Photo London event happened Um, Now, this isn't a trade show like Photo Plus or the Photo Show in Birmingham, but one in which galleries from around the world come set up the equivalent of a little stall. They tend to get a little room in um, the very beautiful Somerset house and attempt to sell very expensive prints to collectors or occasionally punctuated in the crowd, I have to admit, by people who thought they were coming to a photography trade show, carrying all of their gear to show you know, that they've got gear. I don't know if either of you had, the, well, I think I do know actually that either of you had the chance to go.
2: I couldn't actually make it.
0: Me um, neither. I
2: was away. So should we I... change
0: the subject now? <laughs> <laughs> I think the final uh, bit of news uh, was that a Magnum at Home show launched, which is sponsored by Fujifilm, who have given one of their fancy new cameras, the name escapes me, to 17 Magnum photographers, um, and they have been sent home to take pictures of their impression of their own home, and the inspiration here was that photographers are very rarely at home, or at successful photographers, yeah. um, it was very weird to see that they had very, very different views of their own home environment. Mm. Um, Brighton-based magnum photographer Mark Power was taking pictures of, or relating to, the fact his daughter was about to leave for university, And she didn't get to see the pictures until the show opened that day. So we also got to see her reaction to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Um, But uh, others went for aerial photos or um, there was dare I say it, one slightly boring picture of a baby's feet in my sort of classic touristy but really, really
1: mixed.
2: So it's open to interpretation, so they can essentially Is take pictures in- of anything as yeah. long as it's at home It's their in
1: interpretation there. of home, right? Yeah. so exactly. hence yeah. the baby's feet, that's when they feel like they're at home and they're with mm. their child, I guess Yeah, yeah, okay yeah.
2: But you do, so with something like that you have to wonder, does a photographer think about what they think people want to see? Or are they thinking about right? This is personal. Pro- I'm going to treat it like a personal project because it is isn't a personal space. You know, it's interesting. I wonder what goes through their minds there. Because what would I mean? What would you do if you were well, given that take project? A, you know, a photo of my home. Yeah, I mean, just top of your head, would you presumably put quite a bit of thought into it and think right? What do people want to see? Or would you hmm. just be kind of well?
1: I mean. So I'm very OCD. So my bedroom is is immaculate. Everything has its place, and the bed is made every morning as soon as I get out of bed. So I'd probably just take a photo because I think it would probably make people think that it was like a show home or something, you know. But actually, that is speaks proudly of his well well. own. Well, no, no, just you know, just know my just my bedroom that. is absolutely not a show home standard uh, living arrangement for sure. But. um I guess that kind of shows a bit of an inkling to my personality.
2: Perfectionist.
1: Well, not not so much perfectionist, just very OCD. Just OCD. Okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs>
2: it's a tough one,
0: right? I mean, being a person who generally photographs with a drone, I'd probably just want to go as high as I legally could and take an aerial <laughs> shot, yeah. A shot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Is that in London somewhere that you live? Yeah.
0: So, so, yeah. so, yeah. I'd have to move house first mm. um, because obviously, you be London, legally, no, yeah. yeah. Um, Sounds less or get the permission <laughs> yeah, that would
2: be a very yeah. expensive project for you right? this it's is a very inconvenient,
1: <laughs> inconvenient thing for you to try and that's, attempt that's <laughs>
0: true yeah. ok so that's uh, this month uh, in photography that we're prepared to talk about anyway so let's get to know Joe probably best to start at the beginning In the beginning of time well if you know anything about that I think there are a lot of scientists <laughs> who'd be very. Nice.
1: there's lots of questions open a can of worms there absolutely I was like the Douglas Adams line.
0: Uh, in the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and was widely regarded as a bad <laughs> move. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you um, have you always been in Brighton? Uh,
1: no, so I grew up in a, a little village uh, which is about 20 miles outside of Brighton, uh, a place called Angmering. I don't know if either of you would have heard of that. Okay. You have? Actually, nodding your head
0: Uh, I I lived in Brighton for uh, yeah okay so you know the the
1: surrounding area yeah so I grew up there spent my teenage years there and as soon as I finished college I fled to Brighton to live the um, air quotes big city life I suppose
0: so you didn't have the the Brighton college lifestyle
1: I did not Um, I don't know if I'd still be alive if I had the Brighton college lifestyle
0: (laughs) I saw a lot of it going on yeah yeah uh, very debauched. I mean, is it still debauched? You know, now you're a little more grown up.
1: Uh, it can be if you, you know, if you want, if you want to go out for a great night out, and Brighton is a perfect place to do that. But it's also got, you know, it can be tranquil at times. You can find peace there pretty, pretty easily. You, um,
0: this might be hard to explain if you don't know Brighton, but you're a sort of hove person of
1: Brighton. Person. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a. Uh, I mean, the answer to this question is is gonna piss a lot of people off. <laughs> Depending on the answer, I would say that I'm uh, neither of those. Um, I have never lived in Hove, always in Brighton. So that's just that's yeah, that's the end of the answer, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> I always used to have to say Hove actually because
0: you know, yeah. it affects your address, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to be the Hove end of the time Yeah. Yeah,
1: the Hove's, Hove's great Hove's lovely yeah. so it's, it's just so a longer road to Brighton Station. it is but you've got a Hove station so you know they catering a lot of people are
2: being very educated right now Brighton versus and Hove Brighton is it, I mean is it two different areas I mean I'm not familiar I just think of Brighton think of the beach
1: it's Brighton and Hove yeah. Brighton yeah. and Hove but there is, there. is this yeah. kind of whole you know Hove yeah, yeah. Right thing. so technically it's is a
0: city it is exactly a, a thing it's called Brighton and Hove as a city by, right okay like with the council run by the, the hippies and what have you interesting
2: okay
0: but there is a line on a map somewhere and the bit you know is almost definitely on the bright side yeah, you pour out from the trains on the sunny pretty much yeah Yeah. Yeah. but if you turn right and keep walking it eventually becomes Hove which is all um, Georgian so it's prettier and
2: and it's more refined uh,
1: let's not get into boundaries of uh, (laughs) of where things are in Brighton I'm sure listeners have got more important things to do are you?
0: (laughs) do you? (laughs) Um, okay so um, did you study photography?
1: I did not no, I came to photography very late, actually. I've actually only been a photographer uh, for about 18 months, believe it or not. Really? Yes. So um, how,
2: yeah, how did it all come about? Uh,
1: so I I studied music and played music, played, played in bands and stuff. And that was kind of my passion from quite a young age. And was heavily involved in the music scene in Brighton and the surrounding areas. As a teenager... Um, and then through that I started working more in the professional side of music so uh, driving bands and doing merch for bands and then eventually tour managing uh, so I've been a freelance tour manager for a number of years now uh, and then I started a couple of years ago I started taking photos just on my phone just for my pleasure basically and uh, one of the bands I was touring with asked me to send the photos and it, You know, kind of said good things about what I was taking just using an iPhone. Um, And I thought maybe I've got a bit of an eye for this. And it wasn't until about six months later um, that I found myself in a little bit of a rough spot and needed a a hobby to distract myself from things. I just bought a camera on a whim um, and just fell in love with it immediately, basically. And then spent the next three or four months. Going out, taking as many photos as I could, watching YouTube tutorials, reading books, looking at other photographers how they were taking photos, and uh, yeah, just just taught myself how to use that's a cool. camera properly.
2: Basically, that's 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 incredible because if I look at your your work online, you certainly look like you've been established in the concert gig world for many many years. Yeah, so it's quite interesting that. I'm sure that listeners will be interested to know that mm, you can pick this up really quickly and just teach yourself and ultimately do your own thing, right, to get on this path, which is... Yeah, Yeah, I think, especially
1: in in this day and age, you can can learn practically anything online. I don't think you need to go and study it, particularly to learn. And also, I think, learning by doing. If you go out and do something, you will gradually get there and kind of figure out, you know how things work and what to do and what not to do
2: yeah I completely agree with you I mean people spend thousands of pounds on workshops right um Mm. so street photography is my thing and you get people paying literally kind of two three thousand pounds for you know a day's workshop to just go out and about on the streets and do the kind of thing that I mean I'm self-taught as well and I think it's perfectly possible obviously it's nice to be guided Mm. But you can you can teach yourself a lot of this stuff as well. You just yeah, have to have the, sure. the will to do it, really. Yeah, right? yeah, completely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I have read a lot of books about photography. <laughs> <Is it really? laughs> yeah. I don't believe that. <laughs> you uh, argue you should be setting up your own workshops. Uh, no.
2: Well, good point, actually. <laughs> it's my works, money my, is, my so. workshop would just
1: involve. Instructing people how to type in YouTube into their search bar <laughs> and searching. <laughs> and search really and they go, I mean, "Do it,
0: right? What about? And um, I, know, you know, obviously, there's a lot you can learn from YouTube and yeah. books, but um, do you think access was important? Like you, you know, because
1: oh, you'd already worked. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So, obviously, from working in the music in- industry, taking the photography into the music industry was. You know, it was easy access for me into that world. Um, so I started taking photos of bands that I was touring with, tour managing anyway. Um, like that kind of allowed me to build up a portfolio of that stuff without doing it professionally, if you know what I mean. So I kind of had that to ride on, um, and then got picked up by Royal Blood, uh, but they are friends of mine anyway. So it's not, you know, I kind of had it an easy ride and got that handed on a plate. doesn't mean I didn't work hard when I was doing it, but, you know, that was kind of... I got that opportunity. And to be honest with you, the, the first tour I did with those guys, I was still learning so much about what I wanted to show as a photographer and how to capture those moments. And, you know, I was, I was on a manual setting at that point <laughs> by that time. But, um, yeah, I still hadn't really found my style. I think it was only at the beginning of this year that I really found kind of what I want to show as a photographer and, and my style
2: but do you not feel it's almost when you haven't quite found that style it's quite refreshing from mm. your perspective and from the viewer's perspective because cause actually you're just trying everything and anything right yeah. so yeah. You, you can kind of afford to try those different things whereas once you get into a little bubble that okay this is my style mm. that then becomes your thing so do you actually want to do that or I, do you not know. think that experimenting is just a great way of just keeping it fresh.
1: Oh yeah, it completely is. I th- but I think if you can look at a photographer's work and see some consistency in it, that's a good thing. And whether that's the consistency of the subject or the consistency of the editing style, or whatever, um, I th- I do like to see that. You know, when you can look at a photo and you know, just who, know who took yeah. that, and I'd really like to get to that point. Um, but it, that's different. That's difficult to do in. Uh, Kind of gig photography yeah. because the light changes all the time. Yeah. You've got different subjects, you know, so it is it is a hard thing to do, um,
0: and also maybe it's not, you know, that there isn't a, a big argument for not necessarily completely, especially, you know, at this point in your career, devoting yourself wholly to one style. Mm. I mean, I was looking at um, Bruce Gildon who famous. Um, He's a street photographer, but he just, you know, over his career, yeah. has steadily put the camera closer and closer mm. to people's faces Yeah, until he just takes those quite horrible looking portraits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very attractive. Um, yeah, you'd definitely be quite upset if you didn't know. <laughs> You're like, um, if you were, if you knew it was Bruce Gilden, you'd be like, yeah, I've got a Bruce Gilden. If you went, knew that he was a photographer and then that's what you got, Yeah, your response would probably be a bit different. Mm. But that style is that style's definitely very fixed now but then he's what 70 something so he yeah. can get away with that right? yeah. whereas presumably you want to leave yourself open too.
1: yeah like I said it definitely depends on the subject a certain style is going to work for shooting gigs and a certain style is going to work for shooting the backstage parts of gigs and that's not going to translate to shooting a wedding for example but I think generally my, my style now has developed to using um, like a wide-open aperture and basically having very minimal parts of, of the photo in focus, and that's kind of what I'm rolling with at the moment, I suppose. From what I've seen, I would say you also
0: process to bring darkness out. Is that fair? Um Not the best description <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to bring um, darkness what
1: to, to um, making the contrast, dark
0: certainly contrast yeah, contrast without
1: excessive uh, saturation that's yeah, that's pretty much it. I quite like my colors muted.
2: Yeah, I was going to actually say we were talking about this when we were looking through mm. your Instagram page for yeah. so example, and there is already a style that you've developed, which is the colors. There's a nice contrast without it being too contrasty. Yeah. So it's got quite a bit of mood to it, in a way. It's got this yeah, kind of feel. Guess, yeah, which moody, is, I suppose. It's definitely moody, yeah. That's yeah, what that's kind of
1: yeah. kind of what I'm going for and what I'm trying to keep consistent now. And I think that's quite
0: a... It does feel like a, you know... How do we describe this decade? Like, <laughs> 2000s, 2010s... A mental... I don't know um, particularly. What do you mean? In terms of like, yeah, noughties like eighties, eighties, you had the eighties,
1: nineties, a... noughties, noughties teens. Is it? Is it I don't know teen. what is it. I'm I sure someone know. has defined what what it is called. No, I'm talking about millennials now. Know. It's the first yeah. thing yeah. we <laughs> <when we're off laughs> <this>, um. <laughs> Just talk about millennials. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Why? Why narrow it down to a decade when you can blame an entire generation?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I fall into the category of millennials. So. I think yeah, I do anyway.
2: I think, I think I do as well.
0: I uh, <laughs> I miss out on every measure of millennial by uh, a year. I am, believe it or not, Generation X, which I'm meant Generation to be much cooler X. than I am.
2: <laughs> it just means you're probably better at social skills, which uh, no it definitely doesn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it means I, you know, there was a point at which Nirvana um, Cobain was alive. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah, not all of Nirvana. Pretty yeah. sure Dave Grohl was still still kicking.
2: Just going back to the access part of things. Mm-hmm. So as we know gig photography, most photographers that shoot gigs, they have three pictures in the pit, then they're out. Yeah. In terms of what you were doing and building up that style, mm-hmm. you had access backstage, you had access on the stage. Mm-hmm. Was that at any point intimidating for you? Because you're technically in front of a huge crowd, yeah. right? And they can see you.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did think that it would be. There was a point that I thought about it uh, I mean, like I explained, I come from a background of playing in bands and stuff, so I'm kind of used to that world, um, but this, yeah, you're kind of exposed, I guess, and a point that I thought about it, so you know when you you're taking photos of something and you're completely in that, you don't really think about anything else, and it's a really nice release from the rest of your life because you're just taking photos and you're just thinking about your subjects and your composition and that kind of thing so I would be kind of nervous before a show especially with the Royal Blood shows because some of them were massive right. be nervous before a show and then as soon as I stepped on the stage to take photos I wouldn't be thinking about that I'd be thinking about the shot right. and watching Mike and Ben and trying to get look for those moments that were going to happen and capture those so I guess before the actual act of going onto the stage, it feels intimidating, but while you're doing it, you don't really think about it too much, you're doing the job. Yeah. But there yeah. was a point in uh, when I was on the UK Arena tour, they had uh, like the, the biggest show to date in Manchester. And like obviously, you know, the terrible things that happened in Manchester. It was a really big show, and it meant a lot to a lot of people. Was and this
2: after? Yeah, flashed. it
1: was. Yeah, it was okay. after that. So it was a really big show, and you know, there was just this kind of sh- strange atmosphere—not bad at all. Like this amazing atmosphere and energy. And I was stood at the uh, top of the the ego ramp, and Mike was down there playing his bass, and I actually did take myself out of that uh, thinking about what I was doing in a professional sense, and actually take in what was going on around me and it was quite overwhelming to in, that many people, you know they weren't looking at me or anything, maybe a few people were noticing the guy on the stage with a camera wishing that I wasn't standing of there ruining the probably, moment, yeah probably, yeah, in, a probably, a probably in a lot of photos well, right? Yeah,
2: have you looked for yourself?
1: <laughs> no, no I haven't done that um, but yeah generally you, you kind of just look at it professionally and you go into that little space and you, you're just doing your job but yeah at that moment it was pretty pretty scary yeah kind of intimidating
2: because I find it intriguing you know being sort of into the street side of things mm. you're kind of in the shadows and you're trying to be inconspicuous and yeah. all that kind of stuff in your case I guess you almost want the band, whoever you're shooting, to look at you, to notice you, so you get some great shots, maybe eye contact, or whatever it is. Is that true, or do you just kind of go at the flow, are you kind of going in with a mindset of, right, today I really want this picture, I really want them to do this, or did you ever speak to Royal Blood beforehand, and say, hey guys, can you just do this for me, Absolute, in the middle of the absolutely not. <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't do like, that, okay, can you there, just pose for me midway? This
1: is what, before we started recording, this is what I was talking about earlier, about kind of deep photography, and, Kind of the fact that I, I I love shooting certain bands, but I don't want it to become a full time thing where I'm just shooting bands because I need to earn some money. That's never what I've wanted to do with it. With, with Royal Blood, I don't, have you seen them live?
2: I've seen them once actually a few years ago. They were supporting Foo's um, Milton Keynes. Yeah, they weren't very well known then. Yeah, and um, brilliant Milton energy. Bowl, right, it was. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't at the gig, oh, no, yeah. but I, I remember
1: it happening. But yeah, without turning this podcast into a promotion for royal blood they're extremely you are brilliant <laughs> by the way <laughs> yeah, they are great. Um, they're great. they're just really enthralling to watch and they're just just the two of them the chemistry they have on stage because they're best mates is is amazing and hilarious so i don't I've, I've never needed to to instruct them to do anything because the hilarity is already there and there's enough excitement already happening just to capture those things and when you're touring with a band they're playing the same set every night generally there'll there be things that, that they do that they would do every night so you know that things going to happen you can be in the right place at the right time okay. so it's remembering those cues during yeah. the set I suppose they play the same set every night they're oh. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: so you know, also spontaneous yeah. sometimes
1: they mix it up and you know it would change yeah. very from tours from tour to tour and you know if they've got new songs or whatever but yeah generally there, are, there are key points in the show that you want to capture that that part, mm. but yeah. with with other bands, um, I think I'd never want them. I never want to prompt anything because that's not real. And really, what yeah. I want to capture is real moments. That's it's the organic things that make me excited. Really, so I just shoot a hell of a lot of photos and then try and edit them really quickly I've actually turned to editing on my phone a lot recently um, Ooh, what do you use? Uh, VSCO yeah. I've got a couple of presets that I made in there which I can kind of they're close enough to the presets that I made in Lightroom um, that, I, that I'm kind of happy with using that the only problem is you can't, you can't send those to clients but for stuff for social media say a band wants to post on social media within an hour of the gig finishing I can download some Photos onto my phone from my camera, mm. and then quickly cull those and then edit. So it's a really quick turnaround. point isn't Still feels surreal the ability to do that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm quite old-fashioned like that. So I'll be back on my laptop, you know, mm. plugging in and doing stuff in Photoshop or you know whatever, whatever choice of software there. But that's that's interesting because you've got to have the timeliness as well, right? The whole thing. Yeah, sure. Because no be
1: nobody really cares about the gig the two days afterwards. So you've mm. got to get that stuff out there and well it's fresh in people's minds
0: as well as shooting gigs you do commercial and even some weddings mm-hmm. what's the sort of balance
1: for you? Um, I guess I, I still work as a tour manager as well so a tour management I probably do 50% of the time and then photography is the other 50% of the time and that's a real mix of just whatever comes in really because sometimes it's a combination of going on the road tour managing a a band and I can be driving tour managing taking photos and doing video so that's when things are real hectic um
2: (laughs) at the same time (laughs) yeah just to just Just
1: to disclose (laughs) not at the same time I'm obviously a very safe driver when I'm driving other people around um and and even when you're just driving yourself around yeah yeah of course absolutely um yeah, so it, it's a real mix of, of stuff. But uh, I guess music, I do uh, press shots and that kind of thing. So it's not just concert photography in the, in the music spectrum of things as well. It's press shots and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, just just whatever. I don't... I mean, yeah, I I'm going to say, looking through your
0: um, portfolio, there's a lot of, you know, especially... Broadblood, Who we're we talking you. about? Yeah, <laughs> well, who we're talking about only seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's they, you know there are uh, the shots in the empty swimming pools and that have, mm. You know it's not just it's the creepiest place
1: on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, How do you go? Uh, do you find these places while you're on tour? Is it just luck or?
1: Yeah, that was actually in the basement of a venue uh, called the Eagles' Rave Club in Milwaukee that was in the basement just a swimming pool where, next to where our dressing rooms were and uh, opposite the venue is a, a hotel called the Ambassador Hotel and uh, Ge- Jeffrey Dahmer? I always get confused whether it's I'm Jeffrey. Gonna, or Jerry. Jerry. At you at at you Anyway, he was a serial killer and he used to uh, frequent the Rave Eagles Club um, and then he took one of his victims to the Ambassador Hotel I believe I, I did actually when we arrived at, in, at the venue in Milwaukee. I read his whole. I sat there and read his whole Wikipedia page because I was really intrigued. But now I can't even remember <laughs> his name. I'm pretty I'm 99 sure sh- it's Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, and then that night I was dropping off of the tour and flying home the next day. So they put me up in a hotel and they put me up in the Ambassador Hotel. Um, and like I don't believe in ghosts. I wasn't creeped out or anything. But it was just pretty cool. And it was a really cool hotel.
2: That is yeah. a good I wasn't So, so that Jeffrey story. Dahmer,
0: uh, born nineteen sixty, died nineteen ninety four, uh Milwaukee cannibal, killer yeah. of seventeen men. Rape, well. murder and dismemberment. Yeah.
1: yeah, he did some some really horrific things to people. Um I mean, let's not go into it now, you know, but
2: might be one for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, on an entirely different one a true,
1: <laughs> bri- I'm, I'm a really true into crime podcast. I'm really into true crime. Really into true crime, so I listen yeah. to a lot of true crime podcasts, so that's that's kind of why I looked up the Wikipedia thing. So I was really intrigued, and we were right there, and I was staying in the hotel, so it just all made sense. Um, but yeah, it, it put me in a really weird mood for the rest of the day after yeah, as, reading as, all as of it that stuff, do. yeah, really moody. But it's a really cool venue, it's a great yeah. venue. Well,
2: I guess so. So when you're on tour, for example, do these things. So are you doing your own personal stuff at the same time, or do you dedicate yourself to, right, okay, I'm on tour, I'm here to do a job, Mm -hmm. I'm here to take pictures of the band, or do you venture outside of that and do your own thing as well, and just kind of look at, do you do landscapes at all, do you just do your own personal stuff, or to mix Um, it up, or is it really just laser focused, let's just concentrate on the task at hand?
1: If the band... When I'm with the band, then I'll be looking for... I'll have the camera and I'll be looking for to get those shots of things that are going on. But obviously there's a lot of downtime when you're touring. And there's a lot of travelling time. So you're on a bus for like 12... You know, if you're touring America, there's long drive sets. You're you're on a tour bus for like 12 hours, driving through the night. You try and get some sleep. Um, And I'd sit on the bus doing edits because that was a good time to do it. But if we get the time, if we arrive in the next uh, state or city or whatever, early enough I will try and have a walk around and I think it was mentioned about iPhone Yeah, I, I was actually yeah. about to interrupt and yeah. say, yeah. So rather is than, that where you shot
0: your yeah. I mean I think it's really nice to have like openly iPhone section of your portfolio sure, yeah. in, in this day and age when that's something people would like to see and yeah. it's inspirational to think can well we I can mean, take pictures this good it's just only with a phone. Try. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah I, I do find
2: that photographers, professional photographers, have this kind of elitist attitude towards phones. Or well, many, many. That people they won't do. use them. You know, I've kind of. I've I'm going to disagree. i found
0: that like the really good photographers are perfectly happy to consider I need new photographer friends. It's, it's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a tier of people, you know. Yeah. So those who understand that the photography is the photography, Then, mm. then there's the gear gang. Yeah, they're the people who are uncomfortable <laughs> about
1: the idea. But like all, all of my favorite photos I've taken were all taken with the worst cameras. You know, it's it's weird. Like like I said to you earlier, I don't. I'm not really. I don't get too um, uptight about gear because it essentially it doesn't really matter. You're, you're capturing a moment. There's always going to be going to be people out there that are better than you at, at photography, but if they're not there to capture that moment, then it doesn't matter, does it? Because they weren't there. So you're, you're the one that's got the photo. And there's. I, tr- I try and balance, like... I can look at a photo and love the quality of it and it's not necessarily you know, the same thing is it it's, n- it's not the same thing they're two separate things you can see a photo that is just an incredible moment that touches you or you can see a photo that is composed really well and it's amazingly edited and, that, and they're two separate things for me and my favourite photos I take are, are always they seem to be I don't, I don't know why but they're always with uh, I've got like this Canon Powershot film camera and it takes horrible photos I'm pretty sure it's broken it doesn't really work properly um, but there's just something about it that just takes these photos and gives them this real mood. And, yeah, a few of my favourite photos are taken with that and a few have taken with an iPhone just because I saw this thing happening and took my phone out of my pocket and managed to catch it in time. And that's... Well, yeah, you don't know, for me. Really. anything else anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I answered your question. I completely no, really got off, um, go off track there.
0: <laughs> no, but well, I, I think... It was a, probably a better answer um, than, oh, the, question, than <laughs> the question allowed. No, but
2: it, is, it is great to see kind of someone so open about using phones as well mm. um, as a medium, a real quality medium to capture moods as well. Yeah. Um, because obviously a majority of people do have or use their phone cameras and don't have SLRs. And the point that you think you're making is that you don't actually need all that gear to come up with great pictures and it's not actually about the quality necessarily but the subject and the whole mood of the scene and all the rest of it which you can quite frankly capture with anything yeah
1: I think there's definitely like sectors of of photography where you do need that it is all about the quality like um, I don't know like a state agency like real estate photography for example that is all about the quality you're not going to particularly capture a, a mood of a bathroom you know unless it has some really nice light coming through the window or whatever so there is there's definitely a need. So it's harking back to last time, isn't it? Yeah,
2: we were talking we about, about getting the, the right light. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: One of uh, our previous guests' mm. uh, main areas was. Uh, exa- exactly. It was real that, estate. Real estate and getting the light from inside and out. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing obviously does require sure. technology. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say, though, one thing um, that I read on your site um, your quote is clicking with people is more important than clicking the shutter. Mm. Um, so, do you find it easy to get on with people? Um,
1: the majority of people, I suppose. Yeah, he's looking
0: quite hard at me as
1: you said, <laughs> that, isn't he says that. Not not you, <laughs> other people are fine. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be people out there you don't get on with. But um, in the music industry, everyone's generally in it for the same reason. You, you know, I, I click with people fairly quickly. I think. I don't know. I, th- I think, um, especially portraits. If you want to take portraits of people, I think you need to have some level of of like personability to be able to get someone to be their true self in front of you, so they're not guarded. You know. So, I, d- I just I, I guess I'm a fairly relaxed person. I don't think I make people feel uncomfortable. Um, well I you you can always uh, talk about that after I've left if you want. Um, I mean, quite, so you, don't, you don't have me. any
0: advice. I suppose the question is really leading to do you have advice for people? Do I have advice for, you know, for breaking down those barriers. Um,
1: it's a difficult one because everybody's different, and like, I guess it's just experience with people. I meet so many people from the work I do that you and I think confidence in yourself if you're confident in who you are who you are, that's going to come across to people and that's going to make people feel more relaxed if you're kind of shy um, generally people will be a reflection of, of how you are if it's just one on one so if you're confident in yourself and you're nice to people and you can make people laugh and maybe tell some stupid jokes that usually helps relax people a little bit so.
2: Basically, you have to be an amazing person, it sounds like, to, well, to, be able just, to do all this. This is, what I was gonna, this is
1: what I was going to say. It's like you're, you're kind of asking me to like pick myself up to, uh-huh. to, to explain this this. No, I don't code, know. Some people have like
0: little methods they use. You're, yeah. you're just saying that, you know, I have found that this is something
1: I can do. So yeah, I, mean, I know there's de- there's definitely like methods that, but then, that you can use, but be know, a bit I, artificial. I'd rather not disclose what they are, because then if then someone then does work. yeah then, then, it, then it won't work and, it, and it's not like they're you know crazy psychological methods or anything like smile
2: um, so with street photography I find that smiling breaks down barriers yeah you know, so if you've got a situation where you've just taken a picture of someone they've just realised you've done that and you're thinking oh this could become a situation yeah just smile if you
1: look intimidated by that they're, they're going to react to that exactly but if you just smile or, or laugh or whatever it's going to
2: hopefully yeah. diffuse the situation mm. And you, you, yeah, you probably need. You, to be you hope it
0: we,
1: would, anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: there are other options, of course, which is to try landscape.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, can you think of any more lines of interrogation for our
2: guests? No, I mean, I think I think it's been really insightful, really insightful to know kind of how it all started out for you. Mm. I think particularly with the whole, you know, you have been doing this for eighteen months. That I think is something that. But no, <laughs> it's, it's great to know that you can go from never having really taken photos or thought about them mm. to where you are now, which yeah. is obviously um, coming out with these great results. So, you know, and that's just a testament of taking as many pictures as possible, like you said. So I think that's, um, that's a great takeaway, I think, for anyone listening, trying to get into photography um, or thinking, oh, I'm going to need years of training or any degree in this or whatever it might be.
0: You were able to add photography into what you yeah, were doing. Yeah, it was very much um,
1: adding for sure and I think I've, I definitely needed it at that point in my life and I think that's probably why I accelerated it so quickly that's how I kind of pushed it on because I was concentrating a lot of my energy into that because I, I didn't have after I kind of gave up playing in bands and stuff my creativity had a bit of a void so I then brought photography in and that, that filled that void for me and I kind of put my everything into it because it was giving me that escape that I really needed at that point.
0: So um, now we're gonna um, we're gonna uh, ignore the advice I think of uh, of our listeners and try once again with the uh, audio discussion of a visual subject. Um, so we're gonna pick one of your photos from your Instagram feed. Um, can you tell me what your Instagram is? <laughs>
1: yes, uh, my Instagram is Joseph dot Carter, J O E S E T H dot Carter. That's where you can find me.
0: Cool, and do you have a particular favourite that we can scroll back
1: to? One of my favourite recent ones is this one on the left. Okay, Ed. so this is uh, the singer of a band uh, called House, who are really, really great. You should check them out if you haven't heard them already. Uh, and this was a couple of weeks ago in Brighton. We just wandered around Brighton and took some photos, but I took this shot and I showed it to my mum the day after I took it, and I was like, "What do you think is happening in this photo here?" And she said, "It looks like he's crying." And then I asked somebody else, and they said that it looks like he's laughing.
2: That's what I would say. And that's yeah. what I
1: really loved about it is, like, is, you can't. It's open to interpretation what's happening there. And also, I think the colours in it are, are really quite nice as well. Um, and also, that Burberry jacket, the Burberry t- trench coat that he's wearing, is absolutely is that outrageous. If, if, yeah. So it's he it's, pulls uh, it off. it's
0: cropped quite quite uh, tightly on the yes. face, obscured by the hand. It is. Um, so it could be a Burberry shirt, or it it's, could be it's a, Bur- a full um, length
1: trench coat. It's Burberry. It's very bold. You know he's Easy got to balls to be wearing. <laughs> Absolutely, but he pulls it off. Great swag. So that's that. One of my recent favourites.
2: Um, was that purely um, spontaneous?
1: uh the what he's doing in the photo is spontaneous but i was taking portraits of him so i was basically shooting continuously for about 30 seconds but I'm not continuously for 30 seconds because my camera can't do that but i was yeah for 30 seconds i was taking photos and doing as much bursts as i could how many frames do you end up with after 30 seconds i've got quite fast cards in there so i can usually get about 20 photos a scroll. I was
0: very impressed with is it is this a gif
1: or um It's a gif uh, that yeah. you're
0: on your um about you page. Yeah. yeah.
1: You have no idea how
0: how long that took me to get right. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's well worth a look. Um and it's uh is that you? It is me. Yeah, it's it's Joe. Um coming straight at you in black and white, holding a polaroid and go on it was more work than Because it looks effortless. Yeah, so it's it's a GIF
1: that's like three seconds long. that just repeats on a loop, but it took me about two hours to do. Uh, Mainly because the light in my bedroom is quite terrible. And then I had a load of issues trying to set up. So I was the only person there. It was me doing it. So I had to set up an interval timer on my camera and then set it up into burst mode. Which, if you've ever used a Nikon camera to do that, they don't make it easy for you. It's very confusing. And also it's continuously focusing as well, but the contrast on that Polaroid camera isn't particularly great. So it was looking for a certain point on that camera, uh, but then it just wouldn't focus on it. So it it was really frustrating. Yeah, what what basically. I love
2: about this is this is the kind of stuff you never read about on Instagram, right? It's just it's always flawless. Yeah. yeah the yeah, descriptions yeah. are flawless. And then you you hear the story and you think yeah, so there are humans that, you that spend five art, yeah. hours to get this right or sure. you know, whatever it is, which, yeah. is, which is nice which is to know. It's is really, really
0: <laughs> reassuring that yeah. people have you know, had to put some work into it. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, or have people for that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I guess oh, so. it's great, it is great.
0: Uh, and actually on that note, um, before we get locked in the building for the weekend, maybe we should uh, call it quits. Sure, thank um, you so much. No, I, thank you.
2: Yeah, thank it's, uh, you it's great to have you on here and uh, gain some insights into the world of gig photography more. So thanks very much for taking the time.
0: Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the trick we've all learned is to be a tour manager. <laughs> yeah. Give up photography for a bit and go into tour management. That sound fun. Don't do that, not it? It? it does sound fun. Yeah.
2: It definitely sounds more fun than a day job, doesn't it? So uh, mm, new career yeah. perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: don't give up on us. Um, and Please subscribe and please tell your friends, and we will talk to you again soon. But we're trying to stick to monthly interviews. Um, and just to reiterate, um, you can find Joe online
1: at, at joseph.carter is my Instagram, and josephcarter.com is my website.
0: Out of interest, like where does work come from mostly?
1: Instagram. Really? Instagram's been amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, crazy.
0: I am generally going to be found at Ilex Press, which is Ilexinstant, all one together, dot com. And
2: yeah, so I've started using Instagram for the last few months, which is interesting. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Tanya Nagar Photography. So check that out. Also Twitter, Tanya underscore N.
0: And uh, which is your favourite media?
2: I'm still working it out, believe it or not. I'm still working out. So, most of my stuff is coming from Flickr, believe Mm -hmm. it or not, which I never plug. And yet, that's where I find most people find my stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I I don't know what my username is on it. I think it's city underscore poet. Really? (laughs) Which is completely random. Because I, I otherwise a, you're generally
1: a Tanya underscore Well, this N is it. So a, this is going yeah.
2: way back before I even had a website. Maybe you should yet. take the
1: hint and start, being, start, start going by city underscore poet.
2: Yeah, maybe that would...
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, that's that that's commission work. a poem for next time. Yeah, I think that
2: was taken on Insta, which is why I have to go for my name. But but anyway, yeah, I, I haven't quite figured it out. I you it took your own name. City poet. Oh, City poet. Yeah, there. unfortunately. But um, I think it's an interesting subject, right? What's the best medium to... Bebo. Bebo <laughs> MySpace, MySpace. To
0: MySpace. Uh, that was another interesting conversation I tried to
1: find my MySpace profile recently but I couldn't but I found a load of my friends just by typing in their name onto myspace.com you can see they haven't yeah. got rid of profiles it's amazing go and have a go and have a go at it it's great you can find your mates and you can see their their the pages with
2: and the webcam <laughs> selfies like you know oh the, the really kind of old school oh yeah, yeah the, the sort of emo, selfie angles the emo kind of mm. hair halfway and you go on their the page kind
1: of and it moody. instantly plays a song by My Chemical Romance <laughs> <It's> fantastic
0: <laughs> oh yeah oh, the times really have moved <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> alright I'm going to turn all the gear off now okay. <laughs> <laughs>